Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 342 of the Girls Gone Wild podcast. This episode is sponsored by Blue Blocks. You can go to www.blueblocks.com forward slash GGW for 15% off your order and free shipping. Claire, I noticed you posted a picture with your blue light blocking glasses on the other day. I did. My sleep plus lenses, as a matter of yeah. fact. <laughs> um, before we go too much further, it's Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X dot com forward slash ggw you guys kind of all have heard about blocking blue light how it's really important how we are really overwhelming our bodies and our brains with all this blue light from all of our devices so many really devices messing up our circadian rhythms causing more anxiety causing eye strain all kinds of problems so we're really excited to get hooked up with the blue blocks team they make blue light blocking glasses that are actually super high quality very very on trend very fun to wear and it actually feels like you're wearing a really high quality pair of eyeglasses rather than just just like a plastic piece of crap that you buy from Amazon, which I have also used. Right. And I can absolutely attest to the fact that you get what you pay for. Not all blue light glasses are made the same or created equal. They are not. These are far and away the best ones I've ever used. So I was using the Sleep Plus ones when I was traveling for work last week. And if you guys travel for work, you know that it's a long day. Typically, like I do a lot of trade shows for my job. It's a long day and then you get back to your hotel room and you have to go through all your emails from that day and you're sitting there for like an hour or two in your hotel room. And then you probably like turn on the TV because if you're like me, you don't have a TV at home and you're like, oh God, I'm going to watch Joanna Gaines because I never get to see her. These glasses just really helped me to shut my brain off as soon as I was ready to go to bed rather than having to wait for that like 30 or more minutes of downtime to downregulate my system after I've been staring at a screen all night. So I highly recommend them. If you're not into the idea of wearing like fluorescent orange lenses, they also have the summer glow and the blue light lenses, which are a little bit less intense looking. Um, I wish that I could have posted in the picture like what I was seeing because it was bright, bright orange. So it can take a little bit of getting used to, but it really does make a big difference. So go to blueblocks.com, B-L-U. B-L-O-X.com forward slash GGW and or use code GGW and I'll get 15% off and free shipping. I also love that they do a buy one and then they give one. So they will give to Restoring Vision. And if you also post a picture wearing your Blue Locks glasses with the hashtag Blue Blocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X, they'll donate an additional pair of reading glasses. So that's like two pair of glasses that you can have donated to, to Restoring Vision. So I love that. So thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. It's also really great packaging. I just have to say the packaging is amazing. The case that it comes in is beautiful. It comes with an awesome like cleaning case and like just really, really nicely done. So thank you, Blue Blocks, for supporting the podcast and for our great sponsors. So Claire, how you been? It's been a while. We've had so many guests. I know. It's been good. It's been a good October, November as usual. Do you ever feel guilty when like people are like, oh, you have so many guests and we really miss the Joy and Claire episodes. I know, like, I do. I know, guys. Sorry, just be patient. We're here. We're, we have a lot We're of podcasts here. in our future. We do. It's going to be great. I just got back from San Francisco. I was there for my last work travel of the year, which I'm very excited about. I don't have to travel again for work until March, which pretty much like... March through November, I will I travel about once a month. And so it's gonna it's really nice to have that break in the winter. So what are you doing when you're traveling? Going to trade shows mostly. I mean so the company I work for, very broadly speaking, puts on natural products trade shows and other B2B events and like conferences and that kind of thing. So when I'm traveling like this past this this one last weekend was or last week was a um investor 
meeting for sort of like a really, really high brow or high class or high barrier of entry pitch slam type of a thing. Kind of like a shark tank, but only for like super highly qualified investors and for things in the natural products industry. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was at a conference in Minneapolis that was about like regenerative agriculture. And then before that, I was at Expo East, which is like the big East Coast natural foods trade show. Oh, that's right. The big one in March. You get to see Sassy there. Expo West. I did. And Expo West is in March, the next one coming up, which is like the biggest, it's literally the biggest natural foods trade show in the country, potentially in the world, probably in the world. And it's gigantic and it's a big deal. A lot of natural foods. All the natural foods. Pretty much between now and then, you know, now, but the winter people don't really travel because they have to get ready for Expo West. So that's been going on with you. Okay, so uh, I feel like the holidays are all of a sudden just assaulting us. And Scott and I were at the mall the other day, which I don't love going to the mall, but I had to drop off a necklace, which fun fact, you can't really wear jewelry when you're working out in CrossFit. And I've been I mean, I've gotten away with it for so long. I have these two little dainty necklaces that I wear. Uh, and I never, never, never take them off. And uh, I think they're just getting stretched out. So this is the second time this year it's broke. And uh, I went back to the store and I was like, okay, I got to get this fixed again. I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh, if it's within the same year, then we'll just fix it for free. And I was like, great, but it's actually my fault. Like, I don't mind paying for it because I'm wearing it to work out in CrossFit. And they're like, no, we'll, we'll fix it. It's fine. So I was very happy about that. But I was doing a... um you know how you do good mornings with like a band where you wrap a band around your shoulders and the band just like slip, just like snapped it right off. Like I put the band on my shoulders and the necklace just went pop. I was like, dang it. But anyway, my point being the mall is usually like a ghost town. Like we were talking about with Emily Schramm, how like no one goes to the mall anymore. The mall was crazy. Like everyone goes for Santa. Everyone's getting their holiday shopping done. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's holiday time. Like Scott made the comment about what I want for Christmas and starting to buy gifts for people. And I completely had a meltdown. I just immediately shut down and I was like, I can't talk about this right now. <laughs> and I like went and hid. I forgot about mall Santa. How could I forget? Yeah, Did you guys do mall Santa? Have you done mall Santa with miles? With miles? You mean? Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. No, you. <laughs> I, don't, I thought you were talking about me as a child. Like as a child, I did. I don't remember um, doing mall Santa. We went up to the crossroads mall, which is formerly what the 29th street mall used to be like an actual mall. Yeah, we would go. We do Mall Santa. Uh, no, we haven't ever taken Miles. I don't think he would like it. He's not into Yeah. Stickers. This is the first year we're really doing Santa. Mm-hmm. Like last year. I mean, we've always done, we celebrate Christmas, you know, sort of the more cultural Christmas versus the religious Christmas. And he, so like we've always had a tree and we've done gifts, but this is the first year that he knows that 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 Santa is a thing. And what does he say about it? Well, we haven't really explained it very well. Somebody, some kids at school are talking about it. And so he was like, yeah, Santa brings presents. I'm like, who told you about Santa? (laughs) (laughs) And and someone was like, I told him that. They're like, you aren't going to do Santa. I'm like, it's not like we weren't going to do Santa. It was just milking. Someone Santa shamed you? Yes, I totally got Santa shamed. Somebody at work was like, you aren't going to do Santa? Oh, is this? Well, and here's the thing. There are people out there who do like full on Santa they do Easter baskets, they do everything. Once their kids are born, like day one, they are doing all that stuff, which I think is great. And if you are motivated to do that, then more power to you. I am on the opposite side of the spectrum where I haven't even thrown Miles a birthday party with other children yet because I'm like, how long can I get away with not doing any of this crap? It's so much work. Yes, I totally get it. And by the way, I'm talking about like people who grew up with the culture of Santa. I'm not saying like, if you don't do Santa, you're wrong. I'm just saying like, you grew up with the culture of Santa. So that's well, probably like in your vernacular like, exactly. of what you want to do tradition wise. So I just want to make sure people aren't offended by that. Like <laughs> you grew up in different right. cultures, all good. Whatever your culture uh, is, do you want to keep carrying that on that tradition on? 
Exactly. Anyway, um, and I was at Michael's today and all of the, the Christmas decor was 50% off. And I came really close to buying this cute little garland that had these little felt reindeer on it, but I didn't. I held back. Okay. So the other thing that I saw at Trader Joe's, just I was at Trader Joe's recently, which is very dangerous for me during the holidays because I buy all the seasonal things. I buy all the seasonal cookies. It's like my favorite thing to bring to work because everyone freaking loves them. And it's only once a year. So it's like sometimes I go down the rabbit hole of people being like, don't bring sugar to work. I'm like, come on, like, let's just calm down with that. But these peppermint JoJo's are the best things in the world. And they also have these Christmas decorations. They had like a felt garland, which was so cute. I'm like, ooh, are we doing, are we doing like reusable Christmas decorations now that are like good for the planet? Like that that was so cute. But I'm just getting a little overwhelmed by like all, whenever I go into a Michael's, Target, anywhere really that sells decorations, like Costco had all these decorations. You, I get overwhelmed because then I automatically feel like I need to be the Pinterest version of Christmas decorating. And then I just, I freeze. That, that too many choices situation. I now, I completely agree with you. And the nice thing now is that I just let Miles pick, which means that we have like, we would have oh, a that's fully a brilliant rainbow. Idea. We would have a rainbow Christmas tree if he could find one. But we do have, like last year I went to Target with him to buy a new, we needed a, like a full size. We'd never had, we had never had a full size Christmas tree before. We had been right. using this like tabletop one. Yeah. And I was like, do we get the white lights? Do we get the color lights? And he was like, the rainbow lights, mom. I was like, duh. Okay, great. Rainbow lights it is. And then like today we were at Michael's, I would have sat there and I did not buy a garland, but they probably literally have a hundred different ones. Oh, it's so overwhelming. He was like, he was like, you got to get this one. And it was like the glitteriest, most flamboyant, like brightly colored and never in a million years would I have picked that one. But why not? Because when it comes down to it, like I'm not the one who's going to be enjoying these decorations. Like they're for miles. Exactly. I'm like... You kind of, you know, I, I'm, I wouldn't defer to him for all of my interior decorating needs, but when it comes to seasonal stuff, it's totally fun for kids, and I'm sure he has a ball doing it. I just need to bring all my friends' kids with me shopping to be like, what do I buy? And then I just decorate my house like that. Feel free to borrow Miles because I feel like his aesthetic bar- is very joy. <laughs> it's very, like very ra- rainbow it's- glitter so great like he has everything rainbow did you ever get him that glitter jacket by the way that sequin jacket no you didn't the, like jojo one from target yeah no, i didn't i didn't pull okay. the trigger on that but okay he okay, um he's in a phase right now where he's really into jewelry and like i have this glitter headband from forever ago like what was that company totally know what you're talking about i yeah. totally know what you're talking about with the felt or not the yes. felt the uh-huh. is it felt yeah not felt, felt. Uh-huh. velour type stuff velvet <laughs> Velvet. Anyway, it does. Yeah. Velvet. I was like, no, it's not. (laughs) And yes. um, And it was like glittery and they had really cute. Sweaty bands. Something bands. Sweaty bands. Sweaty bands. Yes. Totally. Yeah. It's a sweaty band. And Uh we got it for, didn't we get it for um, a Girls Gone Rx competition? Yes. Yep. Oh and my so gosh. He has like taken this on as his own. It's his glitter headband. And then he just wears like as many, like so many, all like my kind of like crappier jewelry I've just given to him. And he just yeah. wears, he wants to wear all of it. Which He's very I love. Yeah. I love that. I love the accessories. That's so great. And like yesterday, he something kind of like happened. Like he, I think he spilled something on himself or something. And so we gave him a bath. I think he, he had paint on himself. That's what it was. And so we were like, all right, we're going to give you a bath. We just like ended up doing bedtime out of order. And what we've been doing, so every night in between, I think I've talked about this in the pockets before, but between dinner time and bedtime or dinner time and bath time, we do this thing called special time which is not a very creative name, but basically it's like 15 minutes where he gets to pick whatever activity he wants to do. And apart from like watching TV or something, and we will go do it with him. And so he's been picking the last few nights is to have like a full on dance party pretty much by himself. Oh my gosh. I need, yes. Uh, Yes. Miles. Yes. Yes. 
Totally. So he goes in the basement. We put on like his favorite song is from Hotel Transylvania 3. It's called Parties On Tonight or something like that. It's Joe Jonas sings it. It's very like old. It's like a swing song almost. Okay. I thought you were like, about to Frank sing Sinatra to sing it. I was going to be real excited. We need to hear that song. Yeah. I mean, we can't play it, it's obviously. Hashtag no. uh, but it's like, CrossFit Van. No. It's It's got a nice <laughs> swing beat. Like da 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 yeah. da da da. And he pr- like dances around like on a catwalk it's so good and so anyway the point of the story is that last night he had to take a bath so we were gonna we did dinner and then we were gonna do bath and then special time after bath out of order and he was upset because he was afraid he was gonna have to wear his pajamas for special time and he goes but i'm not going to look fabulous oh oh my gosh i so get it miles i love that that's so great i'm not gonna look fabulous that's what i'm crying about most of the time in my life yeah for real. Yeah. I think we can, at this point in our podcast, say that we've talked about everything on this podcast. Because I feel like I always say, I know we've talked about this before. I'm like, we pretty, yeah, that's true. pretty we much guarantee we've talked about every single topic of our lives on this podcast. I think it's really funny because I'm like, uh, are we? I'm pretty sure we're going to probably hit some topics that we talked about 20 times before. <laughs> so, it, yeah. and people still ask the same questions. So clearly it's like, it needs to be said. We need to be repetitive. Right. No one else has memorized. No one else has memorized our, our show. Content. We got a really good voice memo. And by the way, thank you, everyone, for sending your voice memos. You were delivering, and I love it. So I want to play this voice memo. It's, it's so good. And thank you so much, listener, for submitting it. This is from Allie. So it's about 10.15 on Halloween night. I'm on my way home from work. I had a rough night at work, and I missed my daughter's first Halloween, so getting in my car, I was about to just sit back and scream when the podcast came streaming through my speakers, and I forgot I'd been listening to you girls on my way in, and it was such a relief to turn the car on and hear your voices, so I just want to say thank you for that. The real point of this is I want to talk about kind of the body issues you always talk about. I developed this mantra by accident. Um, Right after college, you know, I stopped being as active as I used to be and started, you know, living the post-college life. Eating cheap food, drinking a lot, gaining weight. And sometimes I would realize this and I would look in the mirror and instead of just picking apart what I looked like, I would just say, this is what I look like. And it started off as just a way of telling myself, sort of, if you want to change anything about, about this, then you could eat better or you could exercise. But if you don't, then this is what you look like. But over the years, it's kind of just turned into more of an acceptance, this is what I look like. I do eat better and I do work out and I actually love eating healthy and I love working out but looking in the mirror especially nine months postpartum I can look in the mirror and say this is what I look like I think about what factors went into it and then I go on with my day I just think it works for me I've taught it to a few friends lately and they think it's great for them too So I just thought it'd be something nice to share. If anyone needed to hear that, have a great day. Keep on doing what you do. How great was that? 
That was such a good one. That's a good one. I think it's so, I I love hearing how other people, their strategies for dealing with all the body image. All the comparison that we're faced with every single day. Like it's, I was just talking about my, about this very topic with my hairstylist today and I'll go into that in a second, but it was just like, you cannot avoid this. And so we can't like keep, we can't keep getting mad that it's there. You know, it's kind of like our current political situation. Like we can't get mad that it's there because it's going to (laughs) happen. So we have to just like, okay, how can I build myself with some tools to make this not damage my every single day life? And I love what she said just about about just like how it kind of happened upon her where she's like, this is just what I look like. Yeah. And I think it also is very validating to know, you know, we talk about it all the time, but to hear it from other people that like this doesn't go away. It's something that you really have to deal with every single day. If you are someone who is brought up in our culture, which every single person listening to this, obviously no one is was immune from it unless you grew grew up in like a cave somewhere. And, you know, we all just have to kind of do the best that we can. But I think it's just such a simple thing. Like, this is what I look like. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But it's, yeah. And I I mean, if we could be Katie Heron and just like live somewhere else and just not be exposed to all this crap, but we, we are here, we're being exposed to it every single day. And the conversation that I was having with my hairstylist was like, because I, I made some comment to her about like, because she sees this all the time. I'm like, what do you see when people come in and they show you pictures of what they want to look like? Because we had this huge conversation about like how people will bring her photos of like Jennifer Aniston or I don't know, Gwen Stefani, or, you know, just name some type of celebrity that you maybe like their hair or like their look. And she's like, nine times out of 10, Joy, it's because they like their face. And they want to look like them, like they want to look like their face. And she's like, we don't, you don't look like that person. And it's not good or bad. It's just, we need to stop trying to look like someone else when we don't have the facial features of probably every celebrity that's had work done. (laughs) So then we're kind of bringing this photo in. She's like, so every time someone brings me a photo, I just look at the hair and like block out the face and look at the hair. And it's just like, you don't have this style of hair or this style of hair really probably wouldn't benefit your facial features. But it just, it made me a little bit sad to kind of hear that because I've done that before. And it's because what we're fed every single day when we're scrolling through and what we define as beautiful. And, you know, we could talk about that for days. But I was like, wow, that's such a good point. Because so many times when you look at a photo too, you're like, oh, I want that hairstyle. And then she's like, yeah. And on the flip side, Joy, so many hairstylists that get a lot of attention and get a lot of publicity is because they're styling the person after they even get their hair cut. They're doing really beautiful makeup. They're putting on beautiful clothes. And then they're like showcasing this hair in this aesthetic that's really took hours and hours to do. And my hairstylist also used to work in Nashville with a lot of famous country singers and a lot of famous musicians. And she's like, yeah, the same makeup artist will do all of their makeup and they kind of look the same. Or she's like, a lot of people, their transformation just has to do with really expensive clothes, really good makeup and really good hair. And it's it's like not magic. It's just kind of the shellac that they have to put on themselves. <laughs> and so it just, it's that same kind of cycle where we're comparing ourselves to strangers on the internet. We're comparing ourselves to airbrushing all of those things that we know are there, but we still see that one dimensional photo and we're like, oh, my life sucks. <laughs> totally. I think that's really interesting. Like I've never thought about what how hairstylists must have to deal with that. You know, people coming up with these expectations of like, oh, the only thing standing between me and like looking like this celebrity is this. Charlize Theron is. Get. Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. And she, I mean, that just kind of was like an aha moment for me because I'm like, yeah, I've done so much scrolling of hairstyles where I'm like, wow, that's really great. She's like, 100% 
And again, I'm not trying to... Beautiful photos are great. And we're biologically drawn to beauty. I think that's another thing that I struggle with is like, we're kind of biologically drawn to beautiful things. That's not a bad thing. I think it's just when we start to beat ourselves up to being like, oh, I suck. I don't look like Charlize Theron or whoever. And she's like, yeah, you're scrolling and you're being fed these images all day that then you feel like, oh, this is what I want to look like. And then you bring it to your hairstylist and they're like, well... But I want you to look more like you. So the the I pick I posted a picture today after I got my haircut because I'm like I love that I love that I left the salon feeling like she just made me feel more of myself and that's like I don't want to walk out feeling like oh I don't look like a celebrity today I'm like no I look more like myself and that's kind of what I want to go for and that was we had like a nice little conversation about that I'd love to hear from hairstylists too if you're out there of like how you deal with that because that just never really crossed my mind of people just bringing in photos of these airbrushed, perfect, quote unquote, perfect faces being like, oh, I want to look like this. And they're like, but your facial features are totally different. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think even apart from like airbrushed or celebrities or whatever, it's, it's, it is also the hairstyle is like, this was just completely styled. You haven't even walked out of the room yet. This like hair is not real life. Just like everything on the internet. Yeah. Not real life. You know what? I do want to say that J. Crew has a great, I love the J. Crew models because their hair just looks real. It looks like it's just long and kind of flat, but in a good way. Like they just kind of threw some clothes on after they're running around in New York City. And then someone's like, let me take a picture. And then they're like, oh, this is what I look like. Like, I really feel like that's a good example of like, this is what I look like. But thank you, listener, for sending in that voice memo. Thank you to everyone who's uh, made me so happy by sending in voice memos. And we have a lot to come in future episodes. Claire and I are going to be recording Joy and Claire episodes, unless like we get some amazing uh, interview person but for the rest of this year. So if you have questions, voice memos, or things you want us to talk about just between the two of us, uh, you can email us, girlsgonewad at gmail.com. You want to talk about some other sponsors? Should we call this segment Girls Gotta Eat? I think that's reasonable. Girls so gotta we eat. Have Girls gotta eat. So many <laughs> I think that's reasonable. <laughs> I know. We have so many amazing sponsors this week, and we just couldn't fit them all at the beginning of the podcast. So we're going to yes. tell you about two more amazing sponsors. Two more amazing sponsors. Okay. Girls Gone Wild listeners. So the first one is Super Fat. So, super um, Fat. Super I Fat. Had to, I had to do that. Thank you very much. I love the name. Okay. So this is a special offer, offer for our audience. It's, again, discount code GGW. You're going to get 15% off your order. What is Super Fat? Oh, so it's really good plant fats and they have the most amazing flavors. Okay. I don't get excited about many products that like flavor wise, but the first time I had a super fat pouch, so it's like nut butter pouches. Oh my God. I immediately texted Claire. I was like, I've never had anything so good in my entire life. It They're was so good. So, so they, good. They come in a little pouch that's similar to like a baby food pouch. If you guys are familiar with those, I am very familiar with them. Yes. Um, but and you, but you can also tear off the top if you're gonna do more of like a traditional nut butter thing. They have a lot of different sti- a lot of different types. There's like a protein one. There's an MCT one. They're so 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 good. They're a really great pack a punch of really healthy pack a fats punch. and calories. Brandon loves to take them to work with him as he's running yeah. around. You know, nurses don't get a lot of time to snack, and so this is just like a big wham of calories that are so tasty and a lot of good fats that stick with you. Yeah. Macadamia nut and almond based and they have the MCT probiotic. They have cacao, coconut. It's <gasps> so good. And then MCT coffee. So good. So please support the podcast by supporting Super Fat. Our next sponsor is Comrade. So Comrade, oh my gosh, I'm also very excited about this too. And you guys know that we partner with people who are really, really good, good people and great products. So the first time I tried a pair of Comrade socks, I was like, okay, socks, compression socks, how great can these be? I put them on and I was like, first of all, they look amazing. They're not like all sporty spice and I could wear these to work and they have great designs, but they weren't like pinching my circulation off. Sometimes 
compression socks are a little too compression-y. But the thing is, because I have very wide calves, and so they have wide calf sizes that you can not have the circulation cut off. And it's like the perfect amount of compression. So this is discount code GGW. You're going to get 20% off on your order at comradesocks.com forward slash GGW. That's C-O-M-R-A-D socks.com forward slash GGW. They're wonderful. I wish I would have had these when I was pregnant. I also think these would be great for somebody who spends a lot of time in their feet. If you're like traveling and you're, you want to wear these on the plane, those would be yes. perfect for that. I think of Jesse Gubbins. Jesse Gubbins, we're calling you out. I will see you traveling with compression socks. These are going to be amazing. And I love the colors. They have such cool colors. And the sizes are really great. I think I'm going to get some pairs from my mom because she has some really bad issues with circulation in her legs right now. So they're going to prevent swelling. Good for people who stand all day. I've been wearing them to work. And so the color that I have is like blue with white stripes. Amazing. I love it. You can go to comradesocks.com forward slash GGW, the discount code GGW. Thank you for supporting our great sponsors. Do we want to get on to some great questions? Because we got some good ones and then we can wrap up for this week. A lot of people still want to know what super fan Chris G is up to these days. Like, I think if we did have a guest, we might need to bring him back because people still want to know. Like, we had this question a couple weeks ago and like people are like, still, what's going on? If you're listening, Um, Chris, text Joy right now. Text him, yeah. your availability. Thanks, Chris. What is on the GGW Unicorns gift guide this year? For those of you, if you might be a new listener, the GGW Unicorn is my husband. We say that because... Scott likes to play it very cool and coy and doesn't like to be in photos and he doesn't like to be he doesn't like to be known he likes to drop in and be the unicorn. But he has already <laughs> he's already on the gift guide for me. He's like, "Oh, I already know what I'm going to get you," which drives me nuts because I always stress out but he's he's really good about giving giving gifts that like you didn't know that you needed. He'll get people like really good socks, like stance socks or comrade socks. <laughs> Like he'll get people like good quality things that I I think when I first met him, I was like, why are you buying people socks? And I'm like, oh, I get it because people don't buy these things from themselves or he'll buy someone like a really nice perfume or something that's like, I don't know, that they would use. Um, and he just pays attention. Like he's always paying attention for what someone says that they need or if it's something that's like super convenient. Like, he, oh my gosh, this is a perfect example. So like he, this is like quintessential Scott Parrish. He... um noticed a couple months ago that I have all these cords by my bedside when I'm plugging in my iWatch and I'm plugging in my phone and I'm pl- like I'm plugging in my earbuds <laughs> before I go to bed. And it drives him crazy because he hears me like fumbling around with all these cords <laughs> while we're going to bed. <laughs> and so one day he just texts me a photo. He's like, I got you a charging station. And so like, there's this charging station on my nightstand now where it's just like, it charges my watch, it charges my phone, it charges everything all at once. Like those types of things that he, I feel like he's just really perceptive like that. So I will put a get put together maybe some of to- uh, Scott's top picks for gifts. But I mean, those are again, like from Scott, like for the things he thinks people like in their life. But I think as a general rule, like look for things that you think people might love. Like if they love, I love buying people subscriptions like Audible. Like if they have an Audible account, buy them extra credits. Or if they, I used to buy my mom's magazine subscriptions because it was like the gift that gives all year. Um, Or even things like the giving keys or love your melon. So things that are gifts that really give back to community. So I I love that as well. How's Brandon's new job? Um, Hold on, just to chime in on the gift thing. Brandon's mom always gets us this like cheese of the month club and she gets it, like it's a quarterly delivery. So we get it. That's awesome. But it's still throughout the year. And I love it. That's great. That's a great one. How's Brandon's new job? So in August, 
for those of you who don't know, Brandon started a job working in the OR at the same hospital where he had been. Um, So he worked in the telemetry unit for a year, which is sort of like the cardiac unit. And then now he's working in the OR. He is technically like peri-op, which he's only scrubbed into surgery a couple of times, but he's more so like the person who is checking people in, getting the operating rooms ready, making sure everybody has what they need while the surgeries are going on, running around. Um, He's really liking it. It's always hard. I think anytime you start a new job, especially for something as technical as nursing, where you really have to have certain hard skills down in order to be good at it. You know, it's not like a marketing job, like or something where, you know, not to say that marketing is not difficult, like that's what I do, but you can kind of start a marketing job in a new company and pretty much hit the ground running a apart from maybe learning like the new email client that you're using. But with nursing, somebody once described it that like when you move into a different unit, it's sort of like saying, oh, you're a teacher. Oh, you've been teaching second grade this whole time. Great. You can teach high school English, right? Where it's like, uh, I mean, there are some crossovers, but at the end of the day, you're really learning an entirely new job. Like your skills. Right. You know, your the like, baseline the skills, skills is there. But yeah, right. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So that's, so he's, that's, the, he, that's a learning curve for sure. Yeah. And then especially also with the... um with surgery, like there's a a lot of the surgeons, every single surgeon that he works with is a little bit different. And so he has to kind of learn how to anticipate what they're what they want. And there are different personalities and surgeons are notorious for having pretty strong personalities. And not all of them are very pleasant to their nurses. And so a lot of them are but some of them are not. But so yeah, it's going really well. The, The best thing about it is that he has a set schedule, which he hasn't had pretty much our entire time since we've known each other. He's never had a Monday through yeah. Friday schedule. So yeah. he's Monday through That's Friday. That's huge. 6.30 to 3.30. And it's amazing. Yeah, that's great. So yeah. schedules are great. Gary wrote the next question. His Instagram handle is D.A. Gunk, the comic strip. That's He's a he's also an artist in addition to a D.A. Hi, Gary. <laughs> he's also the one that named this podcast. He asks... A, he's hilarious. He's always been one of my favorite people for for jokes and making me laugh. Um, and he also, he's a prosecutor and prosecutes some pretty bad dudes. So the fact that he has like such a good sense of humor, I, I just admire him so much. I love you, Gary. If you woke up in a monster movie, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? <laughs> oh my gosh. A horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? <laughs> I'm going to say a horse-sized duck, and here's why. Here's why. Okay. Because I feel like I could outrun a horse-sized duck, (laughs) whereas a hundred duck-sized horses would be able to catch me. They would just like be like like ants everywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Just be like Like, nipping at your feet. Like horses are fast. A duck that big wouldn't be able to fly. No. And ducks can't run. So that would be my answer. What if he gets you with his beak? Like... They got a big beak. And those yeah, are... Yeah, I would those just are... run in circles. A, a horse-sized duck is going to be vi- not agile at all. Okay. By the way, do you love that Instagram account? Ducks make great pets. How yes, great is that account? It is the best. It's the best thing in the world. If you haven't seen ducks make great pets on Instagram, follow it immediately. It's one of our probably top five favorite accounts. Like I'm constantly you know sending... And that brings up a good point. If you were fighting a horse-sized duck, you would just need like a loaf of bread and you'd throw it and the duck would run away. It's <laughs> so true. It'd be so much easier. That's what I would do if someone outrun. If someone was trying to get away from me, just throw me some bread and I'll be (laughs) Joy, a baguette. Oh. Pancakes. (laughs) We're free. Just start frisbeeing pancakes away from you. (laughs) 
so great. That's one way to get me off your back. Okay. Um, I love this question because I have no idea, but I just love it. It says, does Dave Castro have a girlfriend? We the people need to know. No, I'm pretty sure he's married with kids. Yeah, I thought so, but we never see anything on Instagram, which is fine because if that's your private life, why would I assume that you need to share that with us? I just find it like mystery man. I'm like, you're a mystery man. I don't know. We have no idea. But I just love that question because he's he's such a man of mystery. Joy, do you still knit? And what has been your favorite project? I don't still knit because this is really sad. I mean, I've not sad, but podcasting and really having an iPhone is has uh, kept my hands occupied. So I don't really knit anymore. Truly knitting used to be like before smartphones where I just needed something to do while I was watching TV. And I didn't get past making scarves. So just making like long rectangle things were, I think I flooded all of my friends at the time with scarves made by Joy for Christmas. And then I kind of moved on. I was like, people don't need scarves for me every year. (sighs) But I made some great scarves. Um, And what has been your favorite project? So project, I would say, obviously this podcast, but the first thing that comes to mind is like when we do trips. I love when we organize trips together, like Iceland or Costa Rica or our camping trips, which by the way, we are going to do another camp timeout trip. We haven't ironed out the details yet, but I would, I would definitely count that as a project because I love, I love when all of that comes together. And it's so satisfying when we finally get the trip and we finally get to meet everybody. So that's, that's like one of my favorite things in the whole world. What about you? What's your favorite project? Podcast related. I definitely think the trips are so fun. I have a lot of fun doing like our our images and our website and that kind of stuff even except when it goes down I don't like that but I like doing that kind of thing but my favorite project just like in general non-podcast related I love cooking I think that's really fun I love like I've always feel like that's like very project based like I like like trying like baking new things that feels like a project to me how do you choose things do you just see something and you're like I want to try that and do it yes like uh-huh. talk about your bread thing I'm like super intrigued by the bread starter the sourdough starter yeah that looks so project. good like throw that loaf of yep. bread at me so yes, <laughs> um, you wouldn't have won that. That one would have just knocked you right out. It was too dense. Yeah. So uh, probably around this time last year, we got an idea to start a sourdough starter. And I'm sure this came from the Great British Baking Show. I don't remember exactly the moment where I was like, I need to know how to do that. But there it was. And so we start. We tried last year. So you can make your own sourdough star- sourdough yeast starter. A sourdough starter basically just means the type of ye- the yeast that you use for sourdough bread. And just with flour and water and you let it sit out. And like you basically are facilitating a controlled rotting of the bread, of the dough. And then that's, then you like, without letting it actually get more so we started that last year, but then our starter died because we just didn't take very good care of it. And so we decided to try it again. What and do you have yeah, to do to made, take care of it? You have to feed it every day. What does that mean? Um, okay. So this, I'm like, I'm going to butcher this. Someone's going to be like, this is not how this works. Okay. So it's fine. Out, we it's we okay. all have permission here that this is not the the British yes. Baking Show podcast. I am okay. not. I am not Paul Hollywood. Right. So you, in order to make a sourdough starter, you just put water and flour, about equal parts, maybe a little bit more flour into a jar and you cover it with like a damp paper towel or something and you just let it sit out and twice a day in the morning at night, you add an extra, I do like a third a cup of flour and a third a cup of water every time and you mix it up so that it's not chunky and you just let it sit. And over the first couple of days, the bacteria from the air, you know, the same kind of stuff that, you know, causes your apples to rot or whatever. Totally, yeah. Just causes it to start rotting. But since you're feeding it every single day and night, it keeps the good bacteria, it feeds the good bacteria and keeps them alive and healthy enough that they can keep the bad bacteria away. And so it doesn't mold and it doesn't get, you know, doesn't spoil or rot because you're feeding the 
the sugars to the good bacteria. And I don't really understand why the sugars can't go to the bad bacteria. Maybe it's I like don't a really gut. Understand. Is it like a gut? Exactly. Yeah. Basically like your gut, like our guts have good bacteria, yeah. bad well, bacteria. And it's, and it's the same concept as like kombucha or anything like that. Sure. Where, you know, you have to keep it at a certain level and it just so happens that this certain level is tied to flour okay. and water. And so after a couple of weeks, you, it, it builds up enough and you know, you kind of like dump out some of the stuff over time and you keep adding more water to it because you don't need to have like a five gallon bucket full of it by the time, you know, you get to your first loaf of bread. Um, and yeah, then you just use it like you would use yeast, except that it takes a lot longer. So like for fast yeast, you know, instant yeast, you maybe let it rise for like a couple hours with real, a real sourdough starter. You have to let it rise overnight. And over time, as your sourdough starter gets more mature and you keep feeding it, then it just becomes, it just gets better and better. So we're so, about- uh, so you can keep the starter and do you keep taking like pieces of it or do you use just that one loaf of starter, that one blob? So it's not a loaf, it's a liquid. Oh, it's, it's like liquid. A, it's like a batter. Okay. So it's just flour and water. I'm just picturing like a big blob, but it's liquid. It's liquid. I mean, it's, it's you know, oh. it's, it's, it's like pancake batter. It's like the consistency okay. of pancake batter. Sure. Okay. And so you keep it in a jar or a, you know, a bowl or something, depending on how much you have. We have ours in like a really big, like gallon jar. And I really did not mean that to turn this into like Great British Baking Hour, no, but okay. like I'm super fascinated. And I the know. other reason is like, I just watched an episode of that Shine On Netflix show by Reese and she interviews the creator of Pizana and her head chef took a starter from Italy that his family, his family recipe and flew with it on the plane holding it. To like then start. So in, that's so, the thing. So is that the thing? That, yes. And so like there is such a thing as like super, super heritage sourdough. Okay. Yes. And I was like, starters. that's amazing. He like yeah, held it like a baby kept- and flew with it. Yeah. Yes. And so <laughs> it's like these starters that have been cultivated by families for centuries and for generations, these super, super mature starters. But the thing is like all you really need is a couple of cups of it because then you just keep feeding it and then that bacteria just keeps proliferating. Yes, that makes sense. That's so I cool. I actually read a cool like Reddit thing and I've never gone on Reddit, but occasionally Reddit things get reposted on Instagram, which is how I find them. That was talking about Reddit this scares researcher me, yeah. who had somehow come across, she was like in, worked in some sort of like anthropology lab and she had somehow gotten her gotten her hands on a sample of yeast that was taken from a fragment of a pot from ancient Egypt. And so she like baked, she like found what kind of grain they would have used back then and was able to like basically replicate the exactly what they probably would have been baking in ancient Egypt. So it makes it like super unique. Yes. And like no one can really replicate it. That's cool. When we started it last year and this didn't work out, but we had a cool idea, which is that what our thought was, was that we were going to make it and then keep it and then give it to Evie. And this would be like her sourdough starter that had, we had made her whole life. Oh, that's it work, cool. It didn't work out. But no, that's that was, fine. <laughs> that was anyway, but yeah, so you can have, okay. um, in theory, you can have a starter and keep it going forever. Okay. I love that. Love yep. that story, JVN. Okay. Do you feel as if CrossFit wouldn't be the same without the open? I don't know. I I feel like because it started that way, I can't think of it without it. I feel like CrossFit gained a lot of momentum because of the Open. So I think now it's different than than it was 10 years ago. I think when they started the Open, it was like, oh my gosh, everyone gets to do this. And because it was smaller, because it was a group of, you know, the the pool of athletes entering the Open wasn't as big. So it made everyone kind of jazzed that they felt like it was attainable to actually go to the games. Now I feel like it's, we're just so much farther away
away from that, that I think it feels different. So I wouldn't say that cross, I don't know how it would have affected CrossFit. I think if they got rid of the open now, that's what I'm thinking. Like if they got rid of the open now, I don't really think it would make a difference. Yeah. The only thing I think that the open allows for in a really like consistent way is it gives gyms something to rally around once a year, which is pretty fun. For sure. But I think you still could have that with just like an in-house competition or something of your own. Yeah. I do like the idea of everyone in the CrossFit world doing the same thing at the same time. I've always loved that because then we kind of speak the same language. Uh, No matter where you're at, you could do that workout. You know what it's going to feel like. You can always reference it and say, oh, remember 13.2? So I feel like that's really cool that we can have that camaraderie around it and the, the, you know, the workouts being super, super brutal. I do love the second question that she asked was, you know, kind of what do your gyms do around the open to kind of get people pumped up? And for our gym, obviously, we have a competition, we have like an in house competition, just we join, we make little teams, and then we compete against each other, but it's all in good fun. And then we started our little dance uh, parties uh, videos, which everyone seems to like. And I'm not gonna. We're not gonna do it unless I kind of like the inspiration hits us. We're just gonna leave those for the open because th- then you'd get sick of them. But we had so much fun doing it, and I was very surprised that people. I mean, it really started one day where I was like, "Hey, hey, will you guys just take a video of me and Mora, like this other girl that I knew was gonna be game for it?" I was like, "I just want to do a quick dance video to kind of get people pumped up for the open." So it was really supposed to only be me and Mora, and then a couple guys were hanging around. They're like, oh, "I'll be in it," and so then it just like. And then it just grew and everyone kind of got to know it in the gym and got really excited about it. So, I mean, anything you can do to get people excited and to feel like they're supported doing the open is really important because I think there's the other piece that it's the dark side of the open where people get really competitive. And, you know, I even had, we even had some people message us that were like, oh my gosh, how do you get past the competitive nature of your gym and seeing people be competitive or ask what your scores are? I'm like, just don't make it a big deal. I know, I know I can say that now, because I used to be that person that would just get really competitive and make me crazy. And I just, I got tired of it. So I think now you just kind of have to get that point of being like, "Uh, I'm just not going to pay attention to that. Like, if someone asks your score, and you know, they're doing it from a competitive place, just tell them doesn't matter. It's fine. It's really fine. We're not going to the games. No, we're not going to the games. Yeah, I did it at Roots. And yeah, what did your gym do? Roots? Yeah, Roots did something interesting. And I feel like Roots in general is such an interesting gym for me to be a part of after having been a part of mostly much smaller gyms. I mean, Roots has, they have to have, I I don't even know. 300 plus members. Well, not only that is they have competitive athletes there too. They have like Camille goes there. there. I literally <laughs> did a workout with Camille LeBanc Bazinet on Friday or on like Wednesday of last week. It was fine. She lapped me. She literally finished in half the time as me, but she just like was doing the class. Like it was not a big deal. And she's wonderful and, you know, didn't make a big deal about it at all. But it was more so than that. Like the thing that I have always been really impressed by is they have a 10,000 square foot gym and they, you know, really use it so well. And yeah, it's a great location. Yeah. And they, their coaches are just great. So I can't say enough good things about Roots. But that being said, for the open, what they did, and I didn't mean that to be like, but no. And what they did for the open was they broke everybody out. There were four different teams and it, and you didn't even have to sign up for the CrossFit open, the official CrossFit open, which I really appreciated. And you just basically got points for participation. And so 
the there were points given out, you know, for the top two scores of the week. But other than that, everything was just participation. And then also every week they had like a non-CrossFit related challenge where so you could get points by doing the open workout. You could get another point if you did the open workout in like your team colors. So every team got assigned a color and my ours was black. So it was very straightforward, easy to do. Uh, you got another work. You got another point if you did like three or more workouts just in total that week. You got another point like on Halloween week, you could get another point if you would come to to work out in a costume, just stuff like that, where they just made it really fun and really easy to participate more than you necessarily would. But that was it. You basically were just getting points, like literally getting participation points. Yeah, I love that too, because then it doesn't attach it to how you did physically. It just means that you completed the workout. We did the same thing where they had points for dressing up. They had points for judging. They had points for whatever, like any way that you could be involved. So yeah, someone wanted to know how it's going, how you fit in lunch workouts. So we'll we'll, we'll oh, yeah. ask that question, then one more, then we'll wrap up. Okay. So somebody also had recently asked me how I fit in lunch workouts and pumping. I'm not pumping anymore. I stopped pumping in probably mid-August and Evie is completely weaned. So I'm not breastfeeding at all anymore. I would not have been able, I was not able to figure out how to pump and work out during the day. It was just too much time away from my desk. Even though, you know, your employers are required to let you pump and no one ever said anything to you about it. I mean, my employers were nothing but super supportive. I still just felt like I couldn't get my work done in the day if I was like literally pumping for an hour of the day and then plus going to a workout it was too much so that being said getting that out of the way I just go every like probably two two to four times a week depending on my workload that week I block it off on my calendar ahead of time like I have from 11 15 to 12 45 blocked off of my calendar every single day of the week just in, in indefinitely right now on my if you were to go into my work calendar and I look at my week on Monday and I think and I think like okay well you know I'm not going to go five days a week and so maybe I remove it remove that block like on Tuesday and then later in the week if my week is really filling up I'll remove the block again like on Friday just to give people time to schedule other meetings with me but I really just hold it I hold the line and no one has ever said anything to me about it and I think that's the thing is I mean I did kind of discuss it with my boss very briefly when I first started it just I'm like hey when I first started working out I was like hey I'm gonna try to start working out over my lunch breaks it's probably gonna be about an hour and a half that I'll be gone you know just let me know if you start to feel like I'm over doing it and I need to, you know, if I'm taking too long. And he basically was just like, listen, if you're getting your work done, like I don't give a crap if you're taking an extra half hour for lunch three days a week. So I'm really lucky. I mean, I like to, I, I am lucky to have a boss like that. I would like to think that that's the norm. I'll, I know it's not. And so, yeah, I just like go as much as I can. And, but then I also don't beat myself up if I can't go, you know, if there's a week where I literally don't get to go at all, this is what it is. It's been great because like, I, I literally, I can't work out. We've talked to this. I can't work out in the morning. I have too much to do to get everybody ready. I can't work out at night. I get home and I hit the ground running with bedtime and dinner and all that kind of thing. Like lunchtime is the only time I possibly can do it. And I just have really had to hold myself to that hard line. And also it has just, it has been really nice and freeing to realize like no one else cares as much as you think they're going to that you are leaving to go work out during your lunch hour. In fact, yeah. a lot of people have said like, hey, I think it's so cool that you were able to do that. I think it's great that you, you know, do this time for yourself. Like it's just really, um, it also has made me feel a lot more productive during the other parts of my day because I don't just sort of, you know, sit there and like gaze around. It's like, no, when I'm at my desk, I'm really doing work. And it also has made me feel a lot more loyal to my company because I'm like, totally. you know, if this is a business and a boss that's really supporting me and having this balance and doing what I need to do to stay healthy and, you know, mentally healthy by getting in those workouts, then, you know, to me, like, 
that goes a really long way. And and that also means that, hey, if I need to take a little bit of work home at night because I didn't took an hour and a half to go work out, then I'm happy to do that. I love that you brought this up because I want to end on this. I, I'm taking for continuing education an eCornell class about women in leadership. And it's I thought for sure that I'd be like, oh, sometimes continuing education can be a little dry and maybe stuff that you've already known. But if you are interested in looking at their certification programs, they have some really good topics. So I just happened to choose this one called Women in Leadership. And one of the topics, it's like five modules over the course of five or six months. And so I just, I'm starting the second one and it talks a lot about asking for what you want and how females are treated differently in the workplace and just kind of the different things that we face in the workplace, specifically in leadership roles. But I think this applies to just anyone in the workplace, any female in the workplace. So when you brought that up about like just asking for, saying like, hey, is it okay that I take this lunch hour break? And and they're they're saying, as long as you get your work done, that's great. There's so many times that I've thought, I consider myself a pretty confident, knowledgeable person, but it's brought up so much stuff about how I don't ask for things in the workplace because I just assume like, oh, I don't want to bother people. And it's just crazy. Like just the simple task of asking and like you said, somewhat like them assuming that it's going to be a bigger deal than... I mean, it's really not a big deal, but you're thinking like, oh, I don't want to look like a bad employee or whatever the mantra that you tell yourself that you're like, I'm just not going to ask. There's been so many times I've just been like, oh, I just want to, I don't want to ask. I don't want to bother. I don't want to, you know, fill in the blank. And that's just, it's utter BS. And so we had to kind of write this paper and um, it's more like a discussion board. So it's not like a formal paper, but I was talking about how I will even make my Starbucks drink simpler because I don't want to complicate it for the person. And my professor was like, "Um, so I want you this weekend to order like the most complex drink ever (laughs) and just like be okay with it. I'm like, that's a perfect example of like how I downplay things. And I'd, I'd be curious to know just like from the listeners of just like how that shows up in your world. And even just something like that, where you're talking about something that will make you so healthy in the long run, mind, body and soul and productivity in the workplace. And there's plenty of studies that have been shown that the more you give people that flexibility, the more they're going to be productive. But there's that old school culture of just being like, no, work, 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 work. And, and it's working well for you. And it's like, how great do you feel because of it? Yeah. And I would say also like when I first talked to my boss, it wasn't, I wasn't asking him for permission. I was saying, Hey, I'm going to be trying this. Let me know if you feel like, you know, we, it's something that we need to talk about or if it's not working out from your point of view. And I think even just that shift in like, I think that kind of answered the question for him too. You know, he wasn't going to be like, mm, I don't think about, I don't think so. And it just, it was just a non-issue. And I think, I mean, again, I'm really lucky. I really, really like my boss. He's very, very flexible. In general, the place where I work is very, very flexible. You know, I brought Miles to work with me the other day when he had a snow delay. So I was like, I got to get work done. And Miles sat at my desk and watched Hotel Transylvania 3 until I could take him to school. And, you know, it was, was just was what it was. But yeah, I think, we really, as women, as Americans, you know, we're taught time is money and you can't ask for, you know, you shouldn't bother people. You shouldn't be asking for something that you don't absolutely need. Like, you know, you're, you could like, I just think of like that, that scene in Monty Python where he gets his leg cut off and he's like, tis but a scratch. Yeah. I feel like that's all of us in the workplace <laughs> it, right now. It totally is. It totally we're just is. just like, oh yeah, you know, I can work late. I can do whatever. And it's, I just think that we really, really tend to overestimate how much other people care what we're doing with our 
our free time at work or with our time during the day, not our free time at work, but with our time during the day. And if you have a job that allows you that flexibility, take full advantage of it. Take your whole lunch hour every day. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not earning as the brownie points that you think you're earning by working yourself to the bone. And you're going to burn out before you have the chance to reap the benefits of those brownie points anyway. Yeah. And I know there's so many different workplace cultures. Like I know that everyone has a different story about what type of workplace culture you're in. And there's only so much that you can control. Like when I was working for the DA's office, I mean, people were expected, especially the DAs were expected to work 80 hours a week. Like no question about it. Like that was absolutely expected. Um, Really unhealthy work environment. I think there's a lot of burnout. There's a lot of like really unhappy people, but it really, I would just say kind of like take stock and take some inventory of what your workplace is like and where you might be able to ask for things that you need. So Um, I'd love to hear people's stories or suggestions or, I mean, even how you've made it work for you to make the workplace a better, more healthy, more, uh, you know, balanced, for lack of a better term, space for you. Because we got to work. Yeah. We got to work. We got to do it. We got to bring home the bacon. All right. Well, (laughs) that's it for this week. You guys submitted some great questions. In future episodes, we'll be answering the rest of your questions. As always, you can submit more questions or voice memos, sending us a voice memo, record it on your phone, and then just email it right on to girlsgonewad at gmail.com. Support the podcast by supporting our great sponsors. They are all linked in this episode show notes. Claire, where's our social media? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Joy. You can find us on Instagram at Joy and Claire underscore. We are on Facebook. That's what it's called. Facebook dot com forward slash girls gone wad on twitter we are girls gone wad we are girls gone wad podcast.com you can email us girls gone wad at gmail.com so excited go 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 we can't wait go, to hear from you go. yeah send us a message we love you guys we love you so much you keep us so young okay